welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game. See if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 245. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. How you doing? How's life? How's your dog? Or your cat, or your ferret, or your chameleon, or your... that thing that lives in the basement. I hope all is well with you. There's absolutely nothing going on in the world right now, of course. Nothing other than this podcast at this moment. That's all that matters. My sometimes co-host is here. How you doing, Henry? Good. What's new with you? Nothing. Nothing. Bug is here, too. Bug the dog. Who really just wants pets. Couldn't possibly care less about Atari games. Her needs are simple. Food, pets, uh, a nap. We could all learn a lesson from that. All right. Not a lot of news this week. As I said, there's absolutely nothing going on in the world right now. No pandemics or Supreme Court justice fights or elections or, uh, you know, anything really. So the only news I have to talk about this week is the podcast is now available on Amazon Music. Some of you may be listening to it on Amazon Music, and if you're not, you have that option now. Or if you have friends who have not listened to the podcast because it has not been available on Amazon Music, well, good news for them. It is available on Amazon Music right now. So, you downloaded it already on this app, whatever you're listening to. So, why don't you stop the listening right now and go download it on Amazon Music? That would be lovely. All right. uh, Now that you've all switched over to Amazon Music, let's talk about this week's game. This week's game is Robin Hood from Zonix, 1983. That's right. We're flipping over the... Uh, you know, double-ender cartridge. Last week we played one end. We played Sir Lancelot. Now we have virtually turned it over, and we're playing the other end of that double-ender, Robin Hood. You may have the physical cartridge in your own uh, possession right there. Make sure you turn it over, because if you keep it on the Sir Lancelot end, well, you're going to be very confused. All right, let's talk about how to play this game, shall we? It's pretty straightforward, actually. You should start with, you know, turning the console on. That's always good advice, but they always put it in the manual. Zonix being no exception. You, Robin Hood, are in medieval England trying to right the injustice of the evil sheriff in Nottingham. The sheriff has overtaxed the poor peasants and hoarded their gold in his castle. He's also keeping the lovely Maid Marian against her will in his castle. Your goal is to save Maid Marian and steal the gold so you can return it to the peasants. You must cross the dangerous Sherwood Forest, where the sheriff's henchmen lie in ambush. Then on to the castle gate, where you again must fight your way into the castle. Be sure not to shoot your own merry men, and watch out. They occasionally might mistake you for one of the henchmen. Fighting with bows and arrows is dangerous. So, as we said, the object is to get into the uh, castle, save either Maid Marian or steal the gold. I guess you have to choose. So you can give it back to the poor while collecting as many points as possible before you lose all of your lives. Robin may only carry one of the other prizes back to Sherwood Forest. So... Yeah, sucks to be you, Marion, if, I guess, if you get to the gold first. Game select switch. The left number indicates one or two-player game. Use the left joystick and fire button for a one-player game. Uh, player number one uses the left joystick and fire button in a, le- a two-player game. And player number two uses the right joystick and fire button in a two-player game. That's all pretty straightforward. The top row of numbers on the screen is your score. The colored bar below the numbered score shows the amount of arrows Robin has left. He starts with 16 for each life. In a two-player game, players have different colored bars. The characters inside this bar show the number of lives Robin has left. There are four skill levels. 
After each successful trip to the Sheriff's Castle, the difficulty automatically increases through three levels. Players may start on different skill levels by pushing the game select switch. The right number indicates what level the game is on. Number one is for novice, number two is for intermediate, and number three is for experienced players. Also, the A and B difficulty switches allow a fourth level and provides a handicap feature for the two-player game. A level is for experienced play and B level is for novice. So, start out on screen one. When you insert Robin Hood into your console and turn it on, screen one appears on your screen. One of the sheriff's henchmen will be walking through Sherwood Forest, setting up the ambush of Robin Hood. During the screen, the players may choose their uh, skill levels and or the number of players who are going to play. When the two-player game is selected, the player, the play action will alternate between number one and player number two after each life Robin loses. The game will return to the screen level each player was on when last in play. Screen two, Sherwood Forest Ambush. You, Robin Hood, are on your way from your hideout deep in Sherwood Forest to the Sheriff of Nottingham's castle to save Maid Marian and return the Sheriff's gold to the peasant's farmers. As you approach the edge of Sherwood Forest from the lower left part of the screen, the, sheriff, the Sheriff's henchmen have hidden an ambush and you must fight your way out of the forest. You will have a total of six lives to complete your task and each Robin will have a total of 16 arrows. The Sheriff's men will try to shoot Robin with an arrow or sneak up on him and stab him with a knife. Usually the henchmen will appear from behind the trees while where they are hiding. By facing the henchmen being on the same line of the screen, on the screen, you can shoot these men by shooting your arrows, press the fire button, you must shoot at least 11 of the sheriff's men before you're able to go on to screen number 3. Your score will flash to indicate you are able to move to the castle entrance. To move to screen number 3, simply move Robin off the side, right side of the screen, number 2, but watch out, there may still be some men in ambush. Occasionally Robin's merry men appear, so be careful who you shoot at. Robin loses life if he shoots his own men. That seems fair. Play action. Screen 3. Nottingham Castle's entrance. As Robin comes out from Sherwood Forest at the entrance to Sheriff's Castle, he will appear at the lower left corner of the screen. Robin should move to the center of the castle ford round, for he must defeat six of the henchmen who are darting the castle ground. Again, Robin has 16 arrows to complete his entrance and must be sure not to shoot any of his own men. When Robin has shot at least six men, your score will flash, he can sneak through the drawbridge or scale the right or left outer walls of the castle. To open the drawbridge, he must go to the middle of the screen just under the drawbridge itself. It will begin to open and close. A crossbow arrow from far away gives additional added security to the castle and danger for Robin. He must time entry to the castle to catch the drawbridge open and not be hit by the arrow. To climb the left or right side wall of the castle is very, very difficult. You must position Robin to the right of the stone ladder indicated on the right side of the screen, or to the left of the stone ladder located on the left side of the screen. The feather in Robin's hat should be just under the crossbow arrow that is protecting that part of the castle. The arrows sometimes are low and sometimes high, so watch carefully. When you see that Robin can climb the stone ladder and avoid the crossbow and drawbridge guard's arrows, move him straight up so that his feather is just higher than midway up the wall. Next, move Robin over the ladder and move quickly over the top of the wall. Tough! Exclamation point. Screen 4. Inside the castle, Robin will appear at the left of the screen in the castle's basement dungeon. Okay. So you climb the ladder to the top of the castle and you come out in the basement? Hmm. Alright. There will be three doors on this floor. One which hides a secret passage to the floor above and other two are guarded by henchmen. Robin must touch the door to open it and be prepared either to go through it if a henchman comes out 
of another door, or run for another door if a henchman is behind the one he touched. When he finds the secret passage, he will appear on the next floor, where the two doors are located in the center of the room. You can see that there are stairs leading up to another level and two more doors. Behind one of the doors is either the sheriff's gold treasure, taken from the poor peasants, or Maid Marian. Behind the other door are henchmen with knives who will run after Robin and stab him. Robin has run out of arrows, so he has only two ways of escaping from the sheriff's men. Run up the stairs to the upper level. To run up the stairs, you must keep Robin's feet close to the top of the, each step by using the diagonal position of the joystick. Be careful, if Robin steps off the stairs, he will fall and be killed. Jumping off the stairs from the upper level, Robin may jump off the farthest right or left-hand step as long as he is facing left or on the left side or right on the right side and his feet are in the area just over the top step. Some of this probably feels more intuitive when you're actually playing than it sounds when you're reading it. After he jumps, he must then quickly run to the opposite side of the room to escape the henchman. Once Robin finds and touches Maid Marian or the gold treasure, he returns to the Sherwood Forest, I guess, automatically, and play resumes in screen number two, the next higher skill level. Game ends when Robin runs out of lives. The two-player game will end after both players lose all of their lives. If the players were in different screens when their games ended, then the different ending screens will flash on the screen and show each player's score. Each henchman is worth 2,000 points, saving Maid Marian is worth 20,000 points, stealing the sheriff's gold treasure is worth 20,000 points, successfully moving Robin through each screen is worth 8,000 points. And that is how you play Robin Hood from Zonix. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. The video game critic gave Robin Hood a grade of C, observing that there's no question the programmers at Xonix could whip up some pretty slick visuals on the Atari 2600. Making a playable game, however, proved to be more of a challenge. The instructions claim that there are four screens, but in fact only three are playable. The first only lets you select your variation, so that doesn't count. Still, the minstrel music really put me in the mood for some medieval hijinks. Then again, when am I not in the mood for that? Uh, they note, as I do in the field report, that the fact you can only fire your arrows horizontally is a pain, especially when the enemy appears above or below you. That actually is what put Henry off this game. Is that right, Henry? Yeah, he actually, he's a little quiet today, but he actually played this game a little bit with me before we recorded, and yeah, he did not like that, and I agree. That's a, a hassle. The reviewer here says, I actually managed to rescue the princess once, but I swear it was by accident. Robin Hood is an attractive Atari 2600 title, but that's there's way too much, huh? And not nearly enough. Yay! For those of you who, who don't know, uh, Robin Hood is a legendary heroic outlaw originally depicted in English folk folklore and has been written about and portrayed on screen, I don't know, a bazillion times. 
according to legend, he was a highly skilled archer and swordsman. In some versions, he is depicted as being of noble birth, and in modern retellings, he is sometimes depicted as having fought in the Crusades before returning to England to find his lands taken by the sheriff. In the oldest known version of the Robin Hood story, he is instead a member of the yeoman class. Traditionally depicted dressed in Lincoln green, he is said to have robbed from the rich and driven to the poor. Through retellings, additions, and variations, a body of familiar characters have been added, including Maid Marian, the Merry Men, the Sheriff of Nottingham, who is often depicted as assisting Prince John in usurping the rightful but absent King Richard, to whom Robin remains loyal. He became a popular folk figure in the late Middle Ages and the earliest known ballads and featuring him are from the 15th century. HistoricUK.com put up an article asking the question, did he really exist? There are several versions of the Robin Hood story. The Hollywood one is that of an incredibly handsome man, Earl Flynn, clothed in garments of Lincoln Green, fighting for the lives of the oppressed and outwitting the evil sheriff of Nottingham. The first known literary reference to Robin Hood and men were, was in 1377, and the Sloan manuscripts in the British Museum have an account of Robin's life which states that he was born around 1160 in Lockersley, most likely modern-day Locksley, in South Yorkshire. Any of you who are from the UK can correct me on any of this. I'm just going by this one article. I am not steeped in the Robin Hood story, so you can you know, make sure to contact me in one of the various ways you can do that to uh, correct any details I might misstate. Another chronicler has it that he was a Wakefield man and took part in Thomas of Lancaster's rebellion in 1322. One certain fact is that he was a North Country man with his traditional haunts as an outlaw in Sherwood Forest and a coastal refugee er, refuge at Robin Hood's Bay in Yorkshire. Became a popular folk hero because of his generosity to the poor and downtrodden. All versions of the Robin Hood story give the same account of his death. As he grew older and became ill, he went with Little John to Kirkley's Priory near Huddersfield to be treated by his aunt, the Prioress, but a certain Sir Roger de Doncaster persuaded her to murder her nephew, and the Prioress slowly bled Robin to death. With the last of his strength, he blew his horn, and Little John came to his aid, but too late. Little John placed Robin's bow in his hand and carried him to a window from where Robin managed to loose one arrow. Robin asked Little John to bury him where the arrow landed, which he duly did. A mound in Kirkley's Park, within bowshot of the house, can still be seen and is said to be his last resting place. Little John's grave can be seen in Hathersage Churchyard in Derbyshire. But what of his lover Maid Marian? Not much of Robin's career is known, but nowhere in the Chronicles is Maid Marian mentioned, so we must assume she was added to the stories at a later date. So, Robin did exist, but not in quite the same way as the Robin Hood we all think of. The cinematic Robin of Sherwood, Prince of Thieves, that's not him, basically. His story, however, remains one of the best-known tales of English folklore. I know I was kind of skimming that article, but I missed the part in the middle where they said, here's the stories, and then they jumped to, well, the old version went to this one place and died. Where, where was the evidence that he actually existed? Okay, so this article that says, yep, he definitely existed, although the details are sketchy, is also a little sketchy on evidence. So, uh, I don't know. If any of you guys are historians and scholars of this sort of thing, I would be really curious to hear more about this. For me, I mean, yeah, Errol Flynn, he's before my time, but I'm certainly aware that he played Robin Hood. There was the Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie. Wasn't there a more recent one, too? Where there's one coming, I think, as of this recording, September in uh, 2020. For me, though, well, there's two Robin Hoods for me. There's um, Petra Troughton, who played Robin Hood in the 50s, 
which I've never actually seen, but I only know about it because Patrick Troughton also played uh, the Doctor on Doctor Who in the 60s. And I'm a huge Doctor Who fan, as I've mentioned, uh, certainly more than once on this podcast. Um, but for me, he's not really Robin Hood for me. I just know that as a, a bit of trivia. For me, Robin Hood will always be the animated Disney film, Robin Hood, where Robin Hood's a fox. Not that he's really cute. He, he is literally a fox. The movie was released November 8, 1973, and as a little kid, I watched the hell out of this thing. An amiable rooster called Alan Adale, voiced by Roger Miller, tells stories and sings songs of the heroic Robin Hood, voiced by Brian Bedford, and his trusty sidekick Little John, voiced by Phil Harris. When the evil Prince John, voiced by Peter Ustinov, deputizes the Sheriff Nottingham, Pat Buttram, to collect unreasonable taxes from the animals of Sherwood Forest, Robin, Little John, and the other merry men wage a lighthearted battle against their evil foes. The film was directed by Wolfgang Reitherman, featuring the song Whistle Stop, box office $32 million, which in 1973 was no, uh, was no chump change. Music was composed by George Bruns. First I thought that said George Burns. Wait a minute. George Bruns and Johnny Mercer. The idea to an- adapt Robin Hood into an animated feature dated back to Walt Disney's interest in the tale of Reynard the Fox during his first full-length feature production, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, 1937. The idea was repeatedly shelved until writer and production designer Ken Anderson incorporated ideas from it in a pitch of The Legend of Robin Hood using anthropomorphic animals rather than people during the production of The Aristocats in 1970. The film was initially released upon its release positively by film critics who praised the voice cast, animation, and humor, yet its critical reception became gradually mixed since its release. The film was a box office success. The film premiered at Radio City Music Hall on November 8, 1973, re-released on March 26, 1982. First release on VHS, CED, Betamax, and Laserdisc on December 3, 84, becoming the debut installment of the Walt Disney Classics home video label. The release went into moratorium in January of 87, later re-released on VHS as an installment of the Walt Disney Classics on July 12, 91, re-released in 94 and 99, and was one of the launch titles for the Gold Classic Editions in 2000 on VHS and DVD. Judith Christ, reviewing the film in New York Magazine, said it was nicely tongue-in-cheek without insult to the intelligence of either child or adult. Vincent Canby of the New York Times wrote that it should be a good deal of fun for toddlers whose minds have not yet shriveled into orthodoxy, calling the visual style charmingly conventional. Dave Billington of the Montreal Gazette wrote, as a film, it marks a comeback of sorts for the Disney people. Ever since the old maestro died, the cartoon features have shown distressing signs of a drop in quality, both in artwork and voice characterization, but the blending of appealing cartoon animals with perfect voices for the part make Robin Hood an excellent evening out for the whole family. Among less favorable reviews, Jay Cox of Time gave the film a mixed verdict, writing, Even at its best, Robin Hood is only mildly diverting. There's not a single moment of the hilarity or deep, eerie fear that the Disney people used to be able to conjure up, or of the sort of visual invention that made the early feature so memorable. Robin Hood's basic problem is that it is rather too pretty and good-natured. Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune gave the film one and a half stars out of four, describing the film as 80 minutes of pratfalls and nincompoop dialogue, criticizing the animation quality of Saturday morning TV cartoon stuff. John Baxter, the monthly film bulletin, wrote that for the most part the film is as bland and one-dimensional as the product, of less sophisticated studios, and except for Peter Ustinov's plummy Prince John, the voice characterizations are as insipid as the animation is unoriginal. Decades since the film's release, the film has been heavily noted for the recycled scenes of animation and the sex appeal of the two main characters. 
The review aggregator website Rotten Tomatoes reported that the film received a 54% approval with an average rating of 5.4 out of 10, based on 28 reviews. Website's consensus states that one of the weakest Disney adaptations, Robin Hood, is cute and colorful but lacks the uh, majesty and excitement of the studio's earlier efforts. The song Love was nominated for Best Original Song at the 46th Academy Awards but lost to The Way We Were from the film of the same name and has been cited by others as a fan favorite. The movie has, that is. In April 2020, it was reported that Disney is developing a live-action CG hybrid remake of Robin Hood featuring the same kind of anthropomorphic characters as in the 73 film. Uh, May I just say on behalf of filmgoers, no thank you. I am tired of live-action remakes of really good Disney films. We don't need live-action Aladdin or Lion King or Mulan or Robin Hood, for that matter. So, I have spoken, Disney. I hope you'll listen. All right. Well, after the break, we take the field report from the rich and give it to you. The poor bastard has to listen to this podcast. citizens of Sherwood Forest. Throughout the land we have heard the news that Robin Hood is back and he's doing stuff and the sheriff of Nottingham doesn't like it but we do because we're the poor citizens of Atari Bites land annexed to Sherwood Forest and like that there. Alright, let's play Robin Hood. For a minute, uh, you people watching the video can see my dopey face. Possibly, as I'm recording this. My cameraman says no. That's all the better. You can see Sherwood Forest on the screen there. We can see your hand over there. Hey, hand cameo. Alright, let's start the game. Uh, Awesome. We get, uh, awesomely, we get some uh, cool opening music, so get ready for that. Here we go. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, I know what you did. So, you're supposed to select your skill level and whatnot here. I'm just going with level one, skill one, purposes of this recording. Hit the reset button. And there we go. There's Robin in the corner there. He wouldn't move. There we go. I don't like the little uh, noise of footsteps. That seems unnecessary and annoying. Hey. This could be a very short field report. I was doing better than this when I was practicing, honest. That's two guys. Alright, let's try that again. Bonus music time. Alright. That's one. That's two. You gotta shoot it. That's three. Four. Five. You got me, though. You have to shoot 11 henchmen the next ring. That's seven. Eight. It's a little unfair. The henchmen can kill you with a bow and arrow or they can run up and stab you. That's, what was that? Eight or nine? Nine. Nine. Ten. Uh, it's a little unfair. You can't stab them. You can only shoot them left. Shooting left or right with a bow and arrow. That was eleven. That was eleven. Alright. Let's go to the next screen. Hopefully without dying. Or not. Oh, come on. 
Are you kidding me? Alright. Honest, I did better earlier. I want you to see the next screen. I gotta stop talking for a second and just focus on taking care of the attention. I think the little couple saw on the left side of the screen the little green guy appeared for just a second. I think maybe that's supposed to be one of your merry men. Because the manual specifically says don't shoot your own guys. But you hardly ever see any of your own people. So I guess maybe that's what's going on there. That was like five. That might be six, I think. Seven. It's also uh, annoying that after you shoot an arrow, there's a brief lag where you can't move your guy. So, you both fire at the same time, good chance you're going to die when you shoot your arrow. There's stuff flashing at the top of the screen, I don't know why. Telling me I've got enough to go on? Yes, okay. There's the castle. I'm going to try. Oh, don't remember exactly what I'm supposed to do. Doesn't matter because I'm dead. This is the castle. Manual says you can go, you can lower the drawbridge over there, or you can scale the castle over here, and there will be crossbows firing at you from either side. I haven't played this game very much. I got to the screen earlier. I have not gotten into the castle yet at this time of recording. By the time you're hearing this episode, I'm probably a Robin Hood expert, like I am with all these games. So, uh, you know, you guys are pro go play this game. Tell me uh, how much better you are at, at it than me. And, uh, you know, put me in my place. Back to you in the studio. Hey, everyone. This is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's X-E-G-S, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast? but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So, here's the thing about Robin Hood. I like the look of this game. I even kind of like playing it, even though I know some of the reviews were not as excited about playing it. It's not great. The play isn't great. It is frustrating that the henchmen can run up and stab you, but you can only shoot them with your bow and arrow, which you can only shoot horizontally. 
it leads to some unfair, many unfair moments where you fire at each other and you end up dying anyway because you can't move. Maybe that's a related problem. That's not, you know. One, I guess one issue is the horizontal movement, the horizontal firing. And then a related issue is when you fire, there's a lag before you can move. So you could end up dying anyway. The game looks really good. The forest looks like a forest. Robin Hood looks like Robin Hood. The henchmen look like henchmen. It's all good stuff. As of this recording, I haven't played enough to get inside the castle. I'm guessing it looks pretty basic inside, but I am hopeful that it looks good inside too. So I think it was a good effort by Zonix, but I get that it was underwhelming, even for the uh, for the early 80s. But it's still enough that I would go back and play this some more, which, as I have said many times, is all I really asked for in an Atari game. Whether it looks good, or plays good, or both, or even if there's something lacking, if there's something about it that will make me play it some more, it's a good game for me. And Robin Hood, at least so far, is that. As always, if you guys have thoughts about Robin Hood, uh, the character, the stories, or the game, I don't really care, contact me in one of the various ways that you can do that. I was going to play another segment of What Game Is Henry Playing while we're podcasting about another game, because the entire recording so far, he has been playing another game on his phone, but he's gone now, so I'm not going to do that segment. But I will put out a call uh, again. If anyone has some musical uh, that, music that I can use for a sting for when we do play that segment, I would love that because frequently we do that segment, and I feel like there should be some music there to introduce it. All right. Speaking of music, here's some. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story. Story, story, story time. With Bill. This week's story is titled, Rob N. Hood. The front door slammed shut. On the wall, a framed photo of Einstein riding a unicorn vibrated and was still. Rob tossed his keys in the faded Big Bird tray with the crack in it and threw down his backpack with a thud. Forgot the laptop was in there. Whoops. Where are you? Rob called. The two-bedroom apartment answered with silence. He tried again. Come on, we'll be late. That's funny, a voice called back. No one has been late for anything in months. Rob followed the sound of his roommate's voice down the hall and found him in the second bathroom, looking at himself in the mirror. He was making weird expressions. What are you doing? Rob asked. You ever look at yourself in the mirror? Sure, Rob said. I've tried brushing my teeth not looking in the mirror, but the toothbrush tends to slip up my nose. It's weird, his roommate said. You could spend a whole pandemic pretty much just with yourself and still not even really know what you look like. Yeah, only I'm here too, Rob said. He caught himself taking a cautionary step backward. Rob's roommate regarded him for a beat. By this point in quarantine, you're sort of furniture, he laughed. Ouch, Rob said. No offense, I'm furniture too. Just a couple of Ottomans. Rob considered that. I've always pictured myself as a glass-front entertainment center. Rob's roommate snapped off the light and headed to the living room. Alrighty, he said. You okay? Rob asked. The answer was muffled in the folds of a Live Life Better Read Books hoodie. Can we just go? Rob asked. We'll be late. Oh, is that today? His roommate asked. 
Sure, Rob said. We've been talking about it for weeks. But, I mean, Rob's roommate said, gesturing around. Do you think it's safe? We did a year in quarantine. The new protocols slowed things down. The vaccine is here. We can finally be normal. Right, his roommate said. Normal. What's that again? People, fresh air, the out of side. Let's go get it. It's waiting, Rob said. As Rob spoke, his roommate's head sank deeper into his hood. The muffled response. If the out of side is really out of side, it can wait a little longer. Barely audible through the great cotton. Seriously, Rob said, all we've talked about for months, all you've talked about for months, the roommate corrected. You did too, don't deny it, Rob said. His roommate shrugged, flicked absently at the drawstrings of, an, of his hood. Rob pressed his point. I think the old gang is meeting up for froth and beer. Let's move. The roommate pulled the drawstrings of his hood tighter. Maybe tomorrow. His face was barely visible. Rob's eyes, though, were able to penetrate the fabric shield. Take that hoodie off, man, he said. It's like 75 outside. He glanced at the time on his phone and shifted a little irritably. His roommate noticed. He of the hoodie sank deeper into the squishy couch cushions. You can't make me go. Rob sighed. I don't want to make you go. I want you to want to go. I'm sorry, his roommate said. Don't be sorry, Rob said. Just come with me. The hood drew closed more tightly. I liked it in here. But no one can see you, Rob pointed out. And the problem is... Well, if you go around like that, you could get shot, Rob pointed out. Not if I stay here. Also, this isn't really convincing me to go out, his roommate said. Rob looked at his phone again, acting as if hours had passed since the last time he looked. Well, is it cool if I go... Only Hoodie Man's nose was visible. Of course. I'll go next time. Sure, Rob said. Okay. He got up and scooped his froth stuff off the coffee table. Looking over his shoulder, he pointed to the table. Your stuff is still here. You want to catch up later. The usual spot. Sure, Hoodie said. Then Rob left. And Hoodie did not. Someday he would. But not today. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and CompTech.com for Creative Commons use of his songs Reformat to Take a Chance in Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. Apple Podcasts is the hood where the podcast is robbing all of the five-star reviews. So go add some review gold to the pile. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram. Don't forget, you can still call us. We're not going to answer the phone, so don't worry about that. Just leave a voicemail. 563-265-1978. There's a pretty good chance I'm going to play that message on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. What are you going to find there? You're going to find information, show links, social media, all the whatnots for Atari Bytes and for my other show it's a podcast Charlie Brown you're also going to find information and links to just some places that you can order my books including Misery Banana very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts we're getting into the holiday season soon you know books make lovely gifts just saying also consider supporting the show financially by subscribing 
you can do that over at the patreon.com Atari Bytes page. And donating at certain levels gets you certain things, including access to these episodes early. You don't have to wait until Sunday, like the common people. You can also get bonus content. Uh, We put up extra things up there on the Patreon that only the subscribers get. Like, for example, video of the field reports from these episodes, as well as other things. And those can be yours if you are a Patreon subscriber. So please consider doing so. Not least of which, among the benefits, is you can be among the cool people, like Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, and Aerospike. And our newest patron, M. West, who just joined the club today. Thanks, M. West. Welcome to the group. Thanks to all of them. All right. I think all that's left is to tell you what we're doing next week on the podcast. Next week, we are moving from one icon to another. We are playing Bugs Bunny. I feel like I should have the Looney Tunes theme here. It's a game I found somewhere. I've never played it as of this recording. I'm curious to do so. We played Roadrunner on the show many, many episodes ago, and I like that game. So I have high hopes for Bugs Bunny. Uh, We will find out if those hopes are hopelessly crushed next week on the show. So that's something to look forward to. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Thank you.